Hello, and welcome to In the Dirt from the Gravel Ride podcast. I'm your host, Craig Dalton, and I'll be joined this week by my co-host, Randall Jacobs. In the Dirt is brought to you by you. How does that work, you might ask? Go to buymeacoffee.com slash thegravelride, and you can contribute and support the podcast via a variety of mechanisms. We've got one-off ways to support us and also a growing membership program. At $5 a month, less than a coffee at a fancy coffee shop, you can keep me going and help me reach my goal of getting 100 members of the podcast program. That'll make this podcast completely self-supporting and allow us to pursue all the great content ideas we have planned for 2021. So take a moment and go to buymeacoffee.com slash thegravelride today. With that behind us, let's jump right into today's episode. Randall, welcome to the show. Uh, yeah, it's good to be back with you. Though I'm not really a guest at this point, Craig. I think I think I'm I think I'm a, a regular buddy and co-host at this stage. So you don't have to welcome me all the time. Yeah. Welcome you to the show. <laughs> good. To, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Good to see you. Good to speak yeah. to you. I guess is always is always and is. I, and I love that we're on video, and because I'm in Southern California, I'm in shorts and a t-shirt, and you're in Northern California. In the morning, wearing a ski hat and yeah, hoodie. Yeah, it's, um, though I, I definitely must say I can't complain. Um, my family's back in Boston. I'm not sure where the weather is right now, but um, there's a reason why I'm not there for the winters, and this is definitely a good place to be. So I'll take the cold. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like I'm really turning a corner down here in Topanga. With the help of the community, I've mapped out several real key important ridgelines and canyons between here and Santa Monica. And now I'm I'm really ex- uh, experiencing a sense of euphoria because I'm starting to kind of make connections between the two. Mm-hmm. And I got lost on an, a rotten single track that leaded nowhere yesterday, but also found just this rad single track connector mm-hmm. that I, it's just it's a point of discovery of new areas that I really love when you, you've got the basics down and you can start digging into some of the lesser known trails. Yeah, I'm starting to get that similar s- sense of familiarity with my surroundings. I've been here only for a couple of weeks and I had done some riding here before, but not much and variations on it in the, uh, again, I'm in, you know, in the Santa Cruz mountains, just north of Skeggs Point, And so I'm doing a lot of riding kind of to the west of there towards the coast and back up. And then yesterday I rode Kings Ridge up in, uh, outside of Guerneville unbelievably gorgeous out there uh the the uh, grasshopper what is it the super sweet water and the old Kaz races go through there train is un unreal and we were on the road the whole time so i know there's a lot of there's some good dirt but uh the vistas just un unbelievable yeah and frankly sonoma county roads are often worse than off-road trails in my experience well it, i was riding 650s so i was i was in good shape but one of our uh, <clears throat> one of the two people i was with we were riding in a socially distant way, everyone, uh, and uh, we'll be talking about that in a moment. Um, one of the people we were with only had 32s and was definitely, you know, feeling the extra, you know, impact and so on. So I was glad to be on fat rubber. Yeah, exactly. And you referenced the Grasshopper series. I had Miguel Crawford, the founder of that series. He's been doing it for 20 years, mm. which is kind of crazy. Uh, 21 years now, I guess. And, you know, you can imagine what the equipment was like back in the day and, in our interview, he kind of often joked about, you know, you, you just as soon see a mountain bike on the start line as you would a proper road bike and, and everything in between over the years. In fact, one of the, the 
people I was with, uh, had, their brakes were starting to fail because it's so steep and fast and so on that just um, the, the compounds in their brakes was seemingly, I don't know, it was glassifying or something where they were just losing braking power at the extremes. It was kind of sketch. Uh, I didn't have those problems, fortunately, and I won't name names in terms of uh, uh, whose brake pads they were either. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> Well, this is great. I mean, I feel like these conversations and the discovery process we're going through in our new locations mm -hmm. is on point with what I wanted to talk about yeah. today. Yep, yep. Um, before we jump into that, because it will be a jumping off point, I do also want to talk about uh, a listener email and dialogue I've been having with a member of the community named Silas. He brought up something that I've been grappling with as someone new to an area without local friends is just COVID safe mm. riding. And I obviously did an interview with Dave from Unpaved about the event they did and all the changes they made to make it COVID safe. But for, for all of us on the day-to-day We've got to think about how to ride as COVID-safe individuals, and is it safe to ride with others, and what techniques can we do? And what I recommended to Silas is, since neither you nor I are experts on this, is let's, let's put it in the community forum, and let's have a discussion and see how we can provide information to one another and have a dialogue about how individuals are comfortable in terms of riding with others today. Yeah. And it's certainly not something that we are qualified to discuss ourselves. Uh, you know, we're not epidemiologists, we are not medical professionals, and so on. And nor are we claiming that, you know, we have actually, if we have anyone in the community, um, who has that sort of expertise or can point to articles and so on, uh, this would be the channel uh, to contribute that to the conversation. Because ultimately, I think for all of us, uh, including the experts, that there's a, this is like an uh, an ongoing iterative optimization function where we're trying to find the right balance between, you know, mental health that comes through social connection and making sure that we are safe from uh, a a disease, a pandemic that you know is. I mean, it's not like Ebola, so it doesn't have that extreme seriousness, but it is serious enough, especially potentially to other people that we might transmit it to, where we want to take precautions and striking that balance is, is uh, something we're all trying to figure out. Yeah, that's been a huge rub for me. You know, I was out yesterday and I met another cyclist, uh, a guy named Josh, who's got a very small boutique brand called Poem, so Poem with an E. And, you know, it was great to chat with him for a few minutes and my natural inclination would have been to say immediately, well, let's, let's hook up for a ride. But I find myself hesitant given that we're, we're here down in Southern California to support a immunocompromised family member. And I, I just struggle with what's the right decision. I know that being outside with others has sort of, um, that's a, it's a favorable situation. It's not like going into a closed room indoors with someone Yet, what is the right amount of risk is just something that is bummed me out because I think there's a lot of people down here in Topanga and in Southern California that I would love to hook up and ride with and meet while I'm down here, but I'm definitely hamstrung by the conservative nature of my approach to COVID. Yeah. Well, and I think, think that there's, some, there's definitely some basic information that can help people, you know, whatever decision they want to make, um, to do so in the most safe and responsible way possible. So as an example... Um, we talked about, and I think Silas may have mentioned up in his message, and this aligns with you know what I understand of you know fluid dynamics and aerodynamics and, and uh, physics generally. Um, like 
in single file. Don't ride in someone's slipstream because where it's going, splits. Because you have, you know, airflow is not flowing across uh, unless you have a, an insane cross breeze, in which case, you know, that's another thing to take into account. Yeah. Yeah. It's been interesting because I wouldn't have thought the sort of riding next to each other masked was the better approach, but that was what was in the USA cycling guidelines as well. Yeah. Um, we should actually, let's make it a point to drop that in the thread, uh, in the channel. We've been referencing channels and threads, but I think for the listener, they might be like, what are you guys talking about? Mm-hmm. We've, we've referenced this new community forum that we're creating called The Ridership in passing maybe on one or two episodes. But I think we're, we're ready to kind of talk about it and broaden the number of people who are using it today. Yeah, and at the moment, we're uh, just a smidge under 300 members, and it's all been invite only. Um, we kind of seeded it with uh, you know, some, of the, some of our friends and folks from Facebook and folks from what uh, was once the, the Thesis uh, Community Forum. And it's really starting to take shape. Um, we have broken out uh, a bunch of different channels around different themes. So we have a, a community theme, and in there, you you know, there's a place for photos and stories. There's a place for introducing yourself and so on. We have forum uh, channels for different disciplines. So, um, of course, gravel, but then also uh, adjacent disciplines like bikepacking and touring, cyclocross, road, uh, even one for mountain bike. Um, and then regional channels. So if you're in Los Angeles or New England or New York City or SF Bay Area, uh, we've set up channels for those regions. And if you don't see one for your region, you can let us know and we'll tell you how to do that. Uh, and then we have different resources. Um, for example, you know, Bike Fit, Bikes and Gear. We just created one for COVID safe riding uh, and, and others, nutrition uh, and you know, training. Um, and then lastly, we have kind of sub-communities. And so right now it's just uh, the thesis sub-community, but we're going to be adding other sub-communities as well um, as you know, community leaders bring their, their folks on board. Yeah, I think as we've been talking about this new community called the Ridership, a couple things filtered up for me as both someone who is obviously a content creator with the podcast, but also just a cyclist, a gravel cyclist who's always looking for new terrain and always has a, a questions on equipment. I think what, what dawned on me was that there was not a global resource for the community to kind of jump into and interact with both their favorite brands and favorite pieces of content, but also have a, a broader discussion, whether it was like what tire to ride, what handlebar, what bike computer, just a nice natural home for all your questions to be answered and have it not be diluted by a very commercial-oriented platform or too specific to a specific brand. For me, that's some of the little things I've been getting out of ridership right off the bat, was just that broad swath of community that I felt like anything I was questioning, I could get an answer and support to. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, we aren't the, you know, we don't have all the answers, of course. Uh, we've done some of these segments like, um, you know, the the uh, the tech segments that we did when I uh, first started sponsoring the pod earlier on or when Thesis started first uh, sponsoring. And then we've done, you know, these Gravel 101 and so on. But there is a limit to what we know. And so having the, the very many experts that we have in the community, um, not just other content creators, not just people who represent brands or, or are fitters and so on, but there's a lot of expertise, say, in somebody who's done you know, tons of bikepacking trips. Uh, I have a friend who's in the forum currently and loves chiming in on those types of questions. And this is just really valuable to be able to have um, a community that is in really motivated 
not by transactionality, which is what a lot of such communities can uh, delve into if it's you know focused on a brand or something, but instead really about uh, you know mutual support. Uh, almost like a a fellowship of riders that are there to both uh, help and be helped as needed. Uh, that's kind of the the part of the the guiding philosophy and why we called it the ridership in the first place. Yeah, and I know we've we've spent a lot of time and energy on creating what we hope is a valuable structure. But like any community effort, we absolutely want to get people's feedback on it. What I like is this idea that you know you can join a regional uh, area and talk with local athletes about local issues and local setup while still having the breadth of the the entire community to seek out sort of more uber level questions like about bikes and brands and parts and things like that. Yeah. Yeah, and at the moment everything is is kind of high level. I mean, we started with basic channels and then we had to reorganize them. We've actually done that uh, uh twice at this point. And now we have a schema that we feel is pretty clear and it can get more granular over time. So, right now we have one for New England. Well, if there are a lot of riders in New England and they're in different parts, some in Vermont and some in Boston, uh, some in Connecticut, maybe we want to break that into subregions. Um, and so we'll be figuring this out over time. And again, like this isn't us building a thing and then just saying, use it. It is us as a community co-creating something, uh, Craig and I being one of the stewards of this thing and one of the, you know, maybe the catalysts. But really, this is not our forum. This is something that we want to co-create with the, with the community. Yeah, I would love it if local riders would bring together their crews on the ridership and use it as a communication platform for their weekly rides or meetups. Slack, which we haven't talked about specifically why we've chosen Slack. Slack is a channel-based messaging platform. And for those of you unfamiliar with it, don't be intimidated by it. It's super easy to use, but it's been popular the last, I don't know how long it's been around, at least two or three years um, with a lot of companies as a communication tool to kind of bring, thing off, bring things off of emails and have the ability, as Randall was just describing, to have all these different channels. So you can essentially join the bikepacking channel if you're interested in bikepacking, or you can remove it if that is not of interest to you. So Slack is something that you can use within an app for your phone or your iPad or for a computer, or you can also use it on the web. It's kind of designed to meet you where you're at. And I think it's a great starting point for the ridership. Exactly. Yeah. And there are some other benefits as well. Uh, there's no advertising on the platform uh, currently. And, you know, if we ever did, it would not be the sort of invasive sort that you see on others. But we really want to try to avoid that and have this be more member supported. Uh, the, you know, the fact that there's not a feed and a feed that, you know, whose algorithm is dictated by some company who may want, you know, to influence you in, in ways that you don't want to be influenced, you get to control the content that you're engaging with. Um, and this is through your selection of channels and so on. So I think it would be uh, useful to kind of talk through, you know, the mechanics of the forum. What do you think, Craig? Yeah, I think so. I mean, that's, you bring up some interesting points. I mean, with channels, you're basically opting into channels and not following channels you're not interested in. So unlike kind of a newsfeed type scenario where you're just getting a fire hose of everyone who's participating, the cool thing about Slack is we can scale to thousands of members and still have each member have it curated to exactly what they're interested in. 
Yeah, you dictate the experience that you have on the platform, uh, not us. And I think that that's a really important element. And it's actually one of the key kind of uh, levers that, um, in addition to gathering all sorts of psychographic data about people, that the you know current dominant platforms use to their advantage and and not to their you know what they call their users' advantage, which is which is also an interesting bit of terminology there that they describe them as users. Uh, but we'll we'll leave that one for another day. I was participating in a in a couple Slack groups that were a couple thousand members strong, and a few things that I learned actually recently, which I think are going to lend themselves very favorably to what we're doing with the ridership, is searchability. Mm-hmm. So you can search via keywords in Slack and bring up conversations that have happened prior to your arrival on the platform. And I think that's going to be really interesting because a lot of times when I'm um, providing advice to people about gravel cycling or otherwise just talking about the sport, there's certain bits of information that are simply not possible to understand when you're first getting started. Mm -hmm. I know for me personally, my journey into podcasting really arrived because of my journey into gravel cycling, whereas I was a guy who had ridden bikes his whole life, spent plenty of time on mountain bikes and road bikes. Yet when it came to sort of buying my first gravel bike, I was just totally in the dark. I thought I was looking for one thing. When it turned out after riding that thing, it just wasn't what I was looking for. So again, we're going to have this archive of information for people who have been along that journey for many years or only a few days, and you're going to get a little bit out of those conversations. And by using search, it's going to be a great way to just dive ball right into what you're looking at at that moment in time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, you know, you and I have talked about a grander vision here of, you know, this kind of being the core of a, you know, a broader uh, website that has content that is, you know, more curated and maybe it emerges out of the forum where people are talking about tires. And then we decide, well, this is actually a really useful topic. Let's create a wiki about tires and about different tire models and how to think about tires and air pressure and things like that. And over time, we build up this database or resource, um, database of resources for everything from maintenance to, you know, component and accessory selection to bike fit and to, you know, even like local mechanics and so on. Uh, There's a lot of directions that we could take this. And so it's really figuring out like, what is it that the community needs that is not currently being served with the tools that are out there? And then just over time, you know, collaboratively iterating uh, on that vision. Uh, But, you know, this being kind of the kernel where we all gather to determine uh, what is worth doing. Uh, and then, and you know, having the initial conversations. Yeah, I think in that collaboration you mentioned is the real true key of what we're trying to achieve here. You know, Randall and I are, we have our own experiences and we're, we're going to be happily sharing them on the forum, but it's, it's absolutely not about us, as we might have mentioned earlier. We want to unearth the value and power of the community. So that all comes down to the members and members taking the time to participate and put questions out there and share their experiences. And when you put in, you get back. That's one of the things sort of I've learned universally in participating in communities. Sometimes it, 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 you forget that a little bit of effort of content creation, whether that be offering up a picture or replying to someone's question or putting up your own question, you get a ton in return. And that question is there answered for, for everybody going forward. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think it'd be useful to talk about the, the mechanics of this real quick. Yeah. 
Um, so, you know, we have, you know, mentioned we have different channels for different topics. Um, you know, we currently pre-add everyone to a number of channels to kind of give folks the lay of the land. Uh, we'll be refining which channels uh, folks are pre-added to. Uh, right now, it's kind of most of them, but, you know, that we might want to refine that down so it's not overwhelming. Uh, you can browse channels and join channels by hovering over the plus symbol beside the word channel uh, on the left-hand side of, of Slack. And this way you can kind of look at, like, what are the the disciplines that you're interested in being part of the conversation on or the regional uh, interests in, in, you know, communities uh, or sub-communities or even a sub-community, say, for the Gravel Ride podcast, which we, we've already set up. Uh, so if you want to talk about things that are happening on the pod, uh, even beyond the forum, uh, that's a good place to do so. And then, of course, you can leave channels that aren't relevant to you. So if you don't want to hear about bikepacking gear, um, well, there are a lot of nerds who do, uh, myself amongst them. And if that's not you, great, delete that channel. And then if you find in the future, I'm really wanting to go bikepacking and I want to ask questions and engage with that subset of the community, that channel will be there for you to add whenever you like. And that's kind of a nice flexible aspect of the platform that we, we rather like and was a deciding factor for us uh, adopting it at this stage. Yeah, that's super cool. I think I've in my own Slack use on other, other platform, other uh, sort of groups I'm involved in, over time I've curated. So I've sort of generally taken the strategy of kind of joining everything, seeing what the conversations look like, and then finding the areas where I feel most interested at that time. So then it becomes this very focused, you know, Craig-specific Slack experience, mm-hmm. which I think is awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think it's also worth, I mean, we've kind of hinted this at this already, Craig, but kind of talking about the why of this. Yeah. Uh, so like, I'll let you start here. Like what is, you know, you've been, you and I have been kind of jamming on this idea for a while. Uh, what were your motivations for, for jumping on it? Yeah, I think there was a couple things there, Randall, you know, for the podcast, you know, I definitely always wanted to have a two way conversation with the listener and podcasting as a medium, obviously it's me speaking at them and in their ears, but I wanted to create mechanisms for them to give me feedback. And as the um, avid listener knows, I'm always dropping my email address and saying, you know, give me your feedback. I want to hear it. I want to, I want to get to know what, what you want. But beyond that, I've wanted to create a community, but I also readily acknowledge that the gravel ride podcast is only a very tiny part of someone's cycling experience. They're aligned with brands. They have their own local communities, their own local trails. So finding a sort of a hub where I could have both a very specific conversation with people who are interested in the gravel ride podcast, but be part of this much broader sort of very comprehensive across all my cycling experience community felt like it was an amazing thing that had a ton of possibility that really wasn't there. I feel like a lot of companies start things, you know, almost in a selfish, we have to do this kind of way, not thinking about the holistic nature of the rider. So if you're, you know, a handlebar manufacturer or a pedal manufacturer, you're one component of this machine we love, but in and of itself, you're not very interesting. But if you can combine, you know, information about pedals when they're needed with the rest of the bicycle, it just kind of seemed like a no-brainer. And creating this thing that was open and community-driven was very exciting as a concept to me. Mm. Yeah, and it occurs to me, you can think of it like, let's say you have a question about, uh, you know, tires for gravel bikes. Well, you could, e- you could direct message Craig directly, right? And that'll get you one answer. Or you could go in the Gravel Ride podcast channel and ask that sub-community, 
uh, and that'll get you another set of answers. Or you can jump in a channel related to gravel bikes and ask the entire community, which is really um, you know an amalgamation of people from all the different sub communities that are joining. So you know the we're going to be having uh, our friends over at Gravelstoke uh, in San Diego. Uh, run by our friend Dave down there, uh, who I don't think like enjoys being in the the public uh, public eye, so we won't give his last name. But uh, he's a lovely human with a great uh, a great community down there, and so being able to have um, you know different levels of uh, it's almost like of of abstraction within the community uh, to you know get answers to questions that are either kind of direct questions to a person, to a sub community, or to kind of the broader you know universe of riders that are part of this platform means that there's um, yeah, you can you can get exactly the answers you want from the people you want them from. Yeah, and much as I was commenting about companies, I think regions have the same kind of thing going on, right? So I'm I'm not interested in the region New England at the moment because I don't have any occasion to go ride there. Mm-hmm. Just so that I wasn't specifically in- interested in the region Los Angeles until I happened to move down here. Exactly. Now it's functioning as this this huge accelerant for me, allowing me to discover things more quickly, connect with others, learn information on about great bike shops, great trails, how people are setting up their bikes down there. And I can pop in and out of that. So if I move to another region, I can join that region and maybe silence Los Angeles for six months. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you can see how you know, uh, you know, the community's favorite routes would emerge out of this, and maybe that gets pulled out of the forum and gets put into a wiki. Uh, and so now, wherever you go, you have the people that you can ride with, the routes that you can ride, who are the the friendly bike shops, uh, whatever it is that is going to essentially just like support your ride experience. Which is, um, you know, if we get into you know some of the other, you know, why are we doing this? Like this is something we wanted for ourselves and our friends, and it didn't exist or exist in a very kind of patchwork fashion. Uh, that wasn't very efficient and not super interactive. And so in this way, like we can, we can build up this, you know, this resource uh, that can be, you know, useful, not just to us and our immediate, immediate friends, but just very generally, the the more people who are a part of it and are contributing more at scales. Um, There's also an element of, um, you know, the ethos that is that that can be instilled and so like the you know this core group of you know around 300 or so people that are in there now and then the next waves that are that join it will really help to set the tone for you know how this community uh, both the the, the sub communities and, and the broader community uh, how we communicate with each other how we support each other what are the norms that we uh, have within this and uh, that'll be something that uh, we'll be thinking a lot about uh, we'll probably put together you know some guiding principles that we'll put out to the community to to comment on and so on and, and really thinking of uh, you know how do we do this right not just how do we make it big or how do we make it uh, you know scalable but how do we make it uh, ethical? How do we make it uh, genuinely useful? And ultimately, how do we get people off the internet and out having experiences and connecting with each other and doing other things? Because at the end of the day, the incentive here is not like with other platforms, engagement. In fact, you know, in an ideal world, you know, all of this stuff would be, you know, you, you, you just have a great community everywhere you go and just drop in and, and everything get, gets solved offline in direct human uh, interactions. Now, that's not the world we live in. So we have these tools, but they're just tools. They're not the point. Uh, so that's another kind of guiding principle that we can talk about here. Yeah. And I think that that sort of comes to a couple big asks we have in kind of recording this podcast today. One is obviously we want to invite everybody listening to the ridership. 
And you just shoot me an email at craig at thegravelride.bike or hit me up on a social media channel and we'll get you an invite right away. We're working on streamlining that process and building kind of a landing page that you can send to friends. But in the meantime, just drop me an email immediately or hit me up on social media. Let's get you in there. And then my second big ask would be sort of come out of your shell and participate. I mean, jump into the the introduce yourself channel and tell us a little bit about yourself and jump into a region and share one of your favorite routes. You mm. would not believe how impactful just those little bits of effort are. I've already seen riders sort of introduce themselves as being, being from Minnesota or being from Dallas and all of a sudden other riders in the, in the community have saying, hey, I live there or I used to live there. Have you checked out this terrain? And it's, it's amazing to see those interactions happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I think uh, in our case, we both the Gravel Ride podcast community and the thesis community have a mix of uh, people who are kind of dyed in the wool, been riding a long time, know, know, have a lot of knowledge about routes and so on. And then others who are just entering um, this activity or this, you know, as I like to say, it's kind of a, a practice, right? It's something that we um, you know, there's a there's a lifestyle element to it, and so there's all sorts of questions when you're first getting into this about where to ride, what equipment to ride, what to bring along the ride. You know, Craig and I did the uh, you know the everyday carry uh, conversation previously, which we got some great uh, feedback on uh, through the then Facebook forum that these conversations will now be uh, facilitated on the Slack forum. Uh, so just making it so that uh, you know again getting back into this fellowship model of uh, giving people a hand as they're coming into this this experience uh, that, you know, certainly for, for myself and I know for you as well, Craig, has been really powerful in, in helping us to kind of achieve a certain balance in life. Um, yeah, so, th- so that's a, a major motivation uh, from certainly on my side is, is uh, accessibility uh, and inclus- inclusiveness. Yeah, it just popped into my head an analogy of you know, I think a lot of the riders who listen to this are, um, if they see a rider on the side of the road or the side of the trail with a mechanical, they're of the ilk to stop and say, can I help you? Can I give mm-hmm. you a tube? Can I give you a tool? And I think that's what the, the ridership as a digital platform, I aspire for it to be. I want individuals to want to share of themselves because they know it'll come back to them in spades down the line. Yeah. Well, is there anything else we want to cover in this conversation? I know we're going to be having uh, more as the the platform evolves and as we get feedback within there and see conversations in there, but is there anything else we want to cover uh, before we wrap up today's pod? You know, just a couple things that are going on on the ridership forum right now that I thought were interesting. There's a discussion about drop bar versus flat bar gravel bikes. Mm -hmm. There's discussion about... The Mid-South registration just opening up, a a big race in Oklahoma, whether that's a good idea, whether people are wanting to go there, et cetera. There's, uh, as you said earlier, riders connecting around regional routes. And the Photos and Stories channel is always populated by people just sharing their love of the latest ride they went on. So there's a lot to go on even today. As Randall said, you know, we're just shy of 300 people, but we're really just opening it up to the public this week. So I'm super stoked on seeing where this is going to go. Every time I log in and I see the left-hand side of my channels 
light up in the light white that indicates a new comment or a new post has been made, it really gets me excited. So I can't wait to kind of begin opening the floodgates and getting a lot more people in there and seeing the engagement just skyrocket. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Well, I would like to uh, end with just a you know expression of gratitude for folks listening to us kind of go on about this project that we're excited about. Hopefully, you uh, there's something here that resonates with you, and um, regardless of your perspective here, uh, well, I mean, if you have feedback, if you have ideas, uh, if you have questions about how this works, uh, of course, there are the usual channels. Craig has his email address, and there's there's you know Bookface and and whatever else. Um, but you know, the, the, again, kind of the ideal place to have this conversation is in this, this platform that we've created. So drop us a line, jump in, and we would love to get your inputs on everything from, you know, how to evolve the various tools we're using to like what tools to use. You know, we're talking right now about, uh, what website, uh, building platform to use. And we have some technically minded people who are giving us some guidance there. Uh, so again, just reiterating this fact that we said over and over again, you know, a collaborative and iterative process for creating the sort of community that we want to see, uh, that we that that we all want to see, and that doesn't really seem to exist on the you know traditional VC-backed surveillance capitalist platforms that uh, are you know dominant in the marketplace today. Yeah, so come join us. It's a hundred percent free, so sort of no downside, and I think a tremendous and growing amount of upside. All right, all right, Randall, take care, my friend. Yeah, always a pleasure, Craig. Thank you for joining us this week. I really hope the conversation resonated with you and you are as excited about joining the ridership as we are to see the members interacting. Just shoot me an email or hit me up however you want to get an invite. We'll get you in there. And most importantly, when you get in there, just drop me a line to say hello. You can send direct messages or you can tag my name in any conversation you're putting into the channel. It'll let me know that you've joined us. If you are looking to support the podcast specifically, I encourage you to visit buymeacoffee.com slash thegravelride, or ratings and reviews are hugely important. So if you're an iTunes user, just drop me a review or on Spotify. Either way, it is a great help in our discoverability for other gravel cyclists and adventure cyclists around the world. So that's going to be it for this week from me and Randall. Until next time, here's to finding some dirt under your wheels.